Hello, and welcome to another new episode of the Golden Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and I'm joined by my co-host, Shy. Hi, Shy. You're all fakakta, schmoopaloos, but <laughs> you deserve a pickle. Oh. <laughs> Which to me is, so fakakta is a normal word in my family lexicon. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a Yiddish expression for like, it's kind of is what it sounds like. It's all like messed up or crazy. And I, but I've never seen it spelled before. And we were watching it with the subtitles on. Cause I don't know. I feel like in this era, because of the way volumes work on televisions, everyone watches things with the closed captions. And so we were watching it and I saw for spelled out and I was kind of blown away by the spelling. It was not how I imagined it spelled. Even though it's a word I've used many times. Wow. Well, I love our our Corman uh, Jewish lexicon lessons. Well, just like Judaism lessons in general each week. <laughs> I think it's important context for the Goldbergs. It, it definitely is, especially uh, this week on the Goldbergs where Jeff starts a food service delivery and like honestly really ahead of his time. Oh yeah! Wow, and and real Jeff Schwartz did as revealed in the in the end part where they showed the video in of the tag. You're right, and like amazing. Honestly, we we've seen pictures before. I know, and um, and it's been already discussed that they casted perfectly for JCP. Um, I honestly thought that was Sam Lerner in the home video like i think dead ringers for casting oh Oh, yeah absolutely and again here you have an episode you know just to just to double down on the learner headness which is an actual adjective here you have an episode about you know essentially about a not original character from the show only other person on the show who has a whole has whole episodes around them is laney who's not original family member character. And you got to give right. it to Sam Lerner for pulling it off because it was really fun seeing him try to deliver all that food. Uh, and like in the context of Jeff being such a nervous Nilly and just like so anxious all the time, having this high demand startup business where, uh, what do you say? You know, he's, a customer calls him, wants to place an order, then he calls the food place, places the order, goes pick up the order, then goes to the customer's house and delivers that order. Like, literally a middleman. Um, Pre-cell phones. There's beepers, there's JTP guys. Yeah, sorry, I missed the most important step. He gets an alert on his beeper. Then (laughs) then Then finds a payphone. Calls that payphone to the customer. Customer places the order. Then Jeff has to place the order with the restaurant. Then goes pick, picks up the rest the food at the restaurant and dr- delivers it to the customer. But it all starts with that beeper. How hungry did this episode make you? Honestly, really hungry. I've only had a cheesesteak once since oh. I've only been to Philadelphia once. Don't don't have one outside Philadelphia or in New Jersey, to be honest. Like, I mean, they, they make them in other places, but Philly and New Jersey are really the only appropriate places to eat a cheesesteak. 
I mean, from what I've seen on television, that seems accurate. But when they uh, when they that... when they list all those foods, like fancy restaurant pizza that can't be delivered. <laughs> I just wanted to it's eat all the foods. So smart. I mean, and then you know, solid episode all around. But I, this is why I love the Goldbergs. This is why I think it's so successful as a show. Is that it all ties together at the end with the with the tag and and the home video that Jeff Schwartz actually had a food delivery service in which no doubt Barry was the CEO siphoning <laughs> money for his own personal gain. Had to I mean incredible. Truly incredible. I uh so yeah, so Barry is CEO, naturally, since he did not come up with the idea. Um, but he did come up with the full I... name, Barry Up. <laughs> <laughs> Get your food into Jeffy. Right. So naturally, that makes him the CEO. Um, and he needs, you know, those Japanese gardens um, to, like, calm himself tickets he starts dressing in like a, a suit and tie um and bugs jeff and erica when they're on a date at a movie <laughs> and ends up watching the movie with erica instead of jeff because he is like you're right i need to go fill this order i was frustrated for jeff but i can't get enough of troy and Haley on screen together lately i know they are so they- funny together yeah, they have yeah. really good banter and like they work off, like play off of each other really well. Hello. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought I lost you there for a second. Oh no! And so, I mean, this whole episode starts because our new Erica two point is wanting to study for her class, and Jeff has made her three dozen different types of tea um and he's just sitting in the apart in her dorm room doesn't have anything to do and he realizes that he's bothering her and so he leaves trying to figure out what he needs to do and you know they come up with the food delivery because so it's interesting that none of the other jcp are in college Weren't they all studying for the, the the PSATs together and everything in season well, three? Well, Barry's in college. Oh well, yeah, the other JTP. Matt team. Matt Matt Bradley's selling cargo shorts. Uh yes. It's I <laughs> totally believable that Nick. You know, I mean, Naked Rob in real life became a professional musician. He's a drummer, so maybe Naked Rob is already doing his starting his musician life. So he's got an unconventional schedule. That's true. Which leaves I guess the one which leaves Andy, Andy Kogan. I, I don't know what Andy Kogan's profession is. Well, he's a drug mule right now. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm not gonna realizes. Think, I'm not gonna think too hard about them, but but maybe they all just got had fun following the dead and they were like, eh, I'm taking a year off. They got that deadhead on their mind is what it is. They just uh you're right. I think they're all just taking a gap year except for Barry. 
and 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 that that's not a bad thing. I feel like that you know more kids should take a gap year and sell cargo shorts. I did I did really love Matt Bradley and his cargo shorts line. That made me so happy. It was perfectly delivered. <laughs> um, so so I go ahead. I have a thread, but that thread needs to kind of lead us into schooled. So can we talk about was it the A plot or the B plot? I can't tell which one was the A plot or the B plot. I don't because I don't know anything about screenwriting. But there the was, A plot was food in the Jeffy. The okay, car, so the food delivery. So there was so there was Adam and Bevy, which really to me lines up around the line of my sweet little baby has relatched to my bosom. <laughs> and um, and you had some Dana Caldwell. So Dana Caldwell was sort of filling the Emmy Mursky or or Jackie Geary slot of friend walking through the hallway to react to. Yes, that seems accurate. That seems like her role, at least in the, I would imagine at least in the front half of the season. Yeah. I just, I would love, you know, I'm it's fine that she's back, but I would have loved to see a little Emmy Mersky. I miss her and I miss their friendship knowing that it's a real friendship. Yeah. If, if not Emmy, why not? I mean, I guess he is a junior. Are you actually making new friends junior year? Probably not. Um, realistically, so I guess that's whatever. But in my mind, why not get a new character in the mix? But I don't know. I guess maybe it's all those. Maybe it's all those. They're they're hoping to pick up that sweet, sweet, gifted audience popping over <laughs> from from the other show. Oh yeah, we all need that gifted. I, I'm sure there's a ton of crossover right there. So, anyways, I I think like for that plot line, the highlights to me really revolve around that bringing the return of the angry teacher whose name escapes me, but he was in like season one or two. Yeah, you know, uh, he's the only teacher that doesn't take Adam's bullshit. Yeah, which I like. I mean, the the character played by Kevin Heffernan, Doc, the one who threw the chalk, he yeah. sort of didn't, but in the end, he did. So he let Adam still make a movie. (laughs) So, right. I like that. I like that bit because I identify with that because you're like a good student. I did not. I, I successfully did not do the full reading for like, and by reading, I mean, read the books for school until maybe 10th grade when it sort of just caught up with me. And my parents found out I didn't do my summer reading and I, wasn't allowed to leave the house until I finished reading East of Eden, which is like 1,100 pages long. Jeez. So for me, like getting Adam getting caught as an older student after having coasted, I, I identify that because it caught up with me at a certain point too. And it should catch up with him as well. You know, um, with this whole college admission scandal sweeping the nation, we're in a post- college admission scandal world now so it just I feel like you look at kids being more accountable with a finer tooth comb you know 
But uh, absolutely. But I think like high school is where they should be getting caught and be accountable. Like me exactly. getting caught, like my parents did not do what I mean, Bevy did this for the purpose of the show. When I sort of not not get caught, I, I wasn't cheating. I just was being lazy. When I caught up with me, my parents were like, well, you better fix it. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I think, you know, he did get in trouble. He got grounded um, or uh, whatever, suspended. But and I understand like Bevy is the type of mom to help out and it's like backfired. So maybe it was like a backward backfire type of working lesson where you shouldn't help your kids out. Like they don't do an assignment. They get in trouble. You help them out. They still get in trouble. Um, right. At a certain point, And I feel this as a parent, I, I you know, we, we deal with this all the time where sometimes you have to do the hard thing because that is the right thing for your kid. And sometimes exactly. I expl- I'll explain that to my kids and I'll be like, I know you're unhappy, but it's my job to prepare you for life. And right now, preparing you for life means blank is taken away from you or you need to clean the entire house with me today, which my kids did today. And they were frankly amazing and helped <laughs> out quite a lot. So, oh, man, you're such a good dad. Uh, we, yeah, you'll you'll see soon. I know. Uh, so, yeah, I, w- I appreciate that they, he actually had consequences in this episode that it did catch up with him because. He does pull that stunt a lot, and it always seems to, like, work out. And I know it's a sitcom and stuff, but in this post-admission scandal world, we got to teach these kids that that's not how the real world works. You get – there are consequences to negative actions. So I appreciate that they they finally got him in trouble. It finally didn't work. Um, and, I'm, and, you know, and I and – I, and I, I hope he I hope he's learned his lesson. So let me let me talk about Erica here for a second, okay? Sure. This is my thread. Okay. The Goldberg's episode this week was another beautiful manifestation of the Erica Lucian, like post Erica Lucian Erica. She's studying. Yeah. She first Lucian with her. She first to she first tries to pawn Jeff off on the JTP, which was a very cute classic scene. Jeff is broken, fix him. But then and it, you know what? To her defense on that, it wasn't like she was annoyed for him for no reason. Like she had a warranted opinion in, "Hey, I'm in college now. Yeah, Second she's got to study. I got to study." Like she wasn't even mean about it. Like, um, she, looking like judging by the, the number of teas Jeff made for her, she put up with. A lot right. already, and she put it, she delivered him to his best friend. So, but then in the end, she talks about being there for him and how she's going to be there for him and help him through his tough phase. That was so beautiful, and that that was great. So now let's let's co- can we coast into school? Yeah. So this is where like I'm gonna so I for me school has been hitting it out of the park all season. So I have you, everyone knows who's been listening to this. I am. I love what school has done this season, but I'm going to lodge, I would say, a little bit of a complaint or or sort of a character question here. I don't mind about time continuity. So Erica has so, – so she and Lainey have been estranged for a while before school starts. School mm-hmm. restarts 
and they have restarted this tradition or started this tradition of boy bands and mani pedis. But if you judge by school's not timeline, absolute timeline, but it's timeline in terms of seasons of the show, mm-hmm. and it's Lainey's second year teaching, which means she has only seen Erica once since she started teaching at William Penn Academy, which means they've done this tradition only once. So wait, did they specifically say in this episode it was her second year teaching? Uh, no, but in this season, it's her second year teaching because I know it's in the season, but the way and well, so wait, hold on. I'm not going to, we're not into pony paradox, ponytail paradox zone either. Either way, let's say she and Erica are still in this post reconnecting phase. Although Erica's hair is totally different. So time has passed. She does not have the Rachel cut. So, so she's different hair, so you make a good point. This could be right. a few years later. But I'm just saying, you lose touch with your best friend. You have this mm-hmm. tradition for reasonable familial reasons, a Beverly Goldberg event, birthday party, which, by the way, why wouldn't Lainey be invited to if yeah, she also, and Barry aren't together? Yeah, exactly. That was what my question was. Like, is it taking place in Norfolk, or does Beverly live in Florida at this point? Because that's entirely possible too. Because Beverly lives in Florida, right? So either way, then wouldn't I don't know. Wait, I'm really bad at geography, so, so, actually, so, but I don't know who could take up. Who. I know the whole East Coast is the same for you, but but Laney is farther north than Norfolk. Norfolk is not even halfway from Philly to Florida. It's very far. I realize your state is almost the whole coast that you live on, so I don't know how to make the analogy here. But so, so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. But if you're in that phase of your best friend and you have reconnected, right? And the and I think so. Barring the fact that we don't understand why Lainey's not invited to Beverly's birthday, Lainey very quickly is willing to add Wilma on this trip, which is okay because at that point Erica's not there. But then at the end, when Wilma's upset, Lainey's only solution is to cancel attending this weekend with her friend who she's just reconnected with in the last few years. Right. To cancel this weekend and do something separately with Wilma. There was no scenario where she was like, hey, Erica, I have a new friend. Can she join us? this year that was not on the table it i just purchased my taylor swift tickets for her concert next year and if it boys to men was big in the 90s i don't think it's as simple as can she join us because i'd imagine in the 90s boys to men is selling out arenas or whatever okay you make an interesting point there so like it's not like oh just get a ticket and there's no right. StubHub then. So getting a ticket is not super It would easy. be scalping, which we already know from a previous episode that they go to jail for that because it's illegal. Fair. But I still, to me, the the conclusion that ditching Erica, like telling Erica, oh, well, actually, I had made this new friend. I'm going to bail out of these plans. To me, that I had a hard time squaring all that however the only thing i could say is is that when you make a new friend bringing them to hang out with your best friend on an intimate weekend is is pretty awkward that's hard um i didn't look at it like that the 
And also the continuity didn't bother me either, which is surprising after you bring it up. There was like relationship continuity. It wasn't necessarily time continuity. It was just That's like... fine. Do we we know that they were strained slash uh when not Le- as close. When Lainey right? was let's trying just... to make it a musician. Trying to make it as a musician. Right. But was that the let's just say it's been a decade, right? We're just going from a general eighties to a general nineties. So it's been a general decade. But it could be like you... it could be three years. Exactly. So they could have been like we could have had Erica fly out to L.A. I I can't imagine a scenario where Erica doesn't fly out to L.A. at some point because that's like a huge place for concerts anyways. Like, I mean, we're just a large venue. We get all types of concerts here. So I don't think it was the whole decade that they were strained um, in that sense. So. Maybe their tradition didn't hadn't gone on for maybe like three, four years, and then we don't also know how. I'm just saying, Lainey was very quick to ditch Wilma, which was awkward, but then cancel plans with her best friend quickly for Wilma. Do you have a problem with? Okay, so I just to me, do do you have a problem with? So it's Bev's birthday. Erica backs out. Do you have a problem with? Laney initially asking Wilma. No, to go. not at all. I think okay. she should have been upfront with Erica and said, "Okay, well, if you can't go, I'm going to bring another friend." And then she shouldn't have ditched Wilma the second time, which was like just odd to me. But then she shouldn't have then ditched Erica the second time because think about that on your friendship. Yeah. Remember, they were so estranged that she didn't know that Erica and Jeff were together. That's that's rough. That's pretty estranged. So even I if it was for was two plot, years, I think that was a I think that was a plot device. You know, like, uh, like used as like a plot device. You know, when they do like for shock value or whatever, oh, like to get us to not know what happened to Jerrica. They'll choose when that's something I feel like they chose plot over character, which I'm never a fan of. Because it comes up with character inconsistencies like that, you know. Okay. But they use they did it for plot, um, to for like to, you know, show the strain or whatever to audience. I don't know. So um, okay, all right, I understand what you're saying there. So so that that just was just like a decision they had to make that decision to advance the plot. Correct. And that's those of us who are so invested in the character might be irked, whereas most people will be like, huh. That sucks, you know, and then they move on. Got it. Do Do you think Wilma and Erica become friends for real going forward? Like, is there a bestie situation developing? They seem like they're different ages. They do. Wilma seems, well, she looks very young. She holds herself quite mature. Um, and I'd say in a post-grad life age is really hard to like determine so you don't even like bother like so I could be friends with like a 35 year old and I wouldn't know that they're 35. No, that's a good point. Professional settings, that's fair. Um so we're, we're friends could... and we're well, I don't know how old you are. We're you don't know friends. how old I am? Oh yeah, all right. No, well. I do. I, I know how old I mean, but but like you saying. didn't necessarily until we became No, so friends. actually I have a coworker, my closest coworker, um I could have sworn maybe she was my age, 30 at the oldest, and she's like 34, and I was like taken back by that because she 
looks she, she seems so young you know she seems like my age but she's like quite older than me um so it's like in a professional setting it's I don't think age matters anymore it's the maturity level that I have a problem with like Lainey has never been one to be that mature um and I think they have different priorities in life which would make it hard to be friends with on the other hand um I like them as friends. I think everyone, honestly, everyone needs a Lainey friend because you need fun in your life. And Lainey brings the most fun. She does. Like, She's the how, one who's going to audition. Trivia. Well, so trivia. So I have attended trivia with you, mm-hmm. with your friends. And mm-hmm. do you, does your, does your best friend, would you, she wouldn't want her name mentioned. No, she doesn't care. Oh, she doesn't care. Okay. So you yeah. have a, you have a best friend named Adriana and like yeah. to me she's like a celebrity best friend like those famous people like like there's Gail, right, who is the best friend of Oprah and then yeah. there are various people who are friends with Kardashians. So for me like when I met her, it was like a big deal. I was like, "Oh my god, it's celebrity best friend Adriana." And <laughs> I was imagining like you two kill at at trivia. You guys like I we we went to trivia with you guys and like we won and my sister and I thought that was super cool. And you guys, you took the bill, you took the gift card, and then you paid the rest of the bill with other gift cards because you've won so many times. And so that made me feel like Wilma and Lainey reminded me of you guys. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Like, we just, trivia, I think, is one of the most fun things to do with friends <laughs> at this point. Like, um, and I was really excited that they went to trivia as well, and they were crushing it, and they won. Um, it did remind me of, of me and my trivia fam. So, but see, again, like Lainey brings out the fun in everyone, I think. And like, who wouldn't want to be Lainey's friend? You know, like she's super cool and she, you know, she is super sweet and a thoughtful friend, I think. And like, is considerate of her friends. Like, I think she, the whole, like, back and forth she didn't want to hurt erica's feelings but erica did cancel on her and like if it were my position like if my friend said my friend said oh i can't go i would move on to the next friend because you know maybe laney bought the tickets and so she hasn't she those tickets are now on her you know oh yeah so then i'd move on to another friend and then i i wouldn't i probably wouldn't have canceled on wilma to be honest but at least Lainey like felt bad and like made it up to her. Yeah. Yeah. Although I have to say I was pretty grossed out by the discussion of Dippy and Soupy. Like that just was like very <laughs> gaggy for me. I was just like, please stop talking about people dipping things. Wilma, though, yeah, Wilma, but... Wilma seems to be a bit of a broken person though. She's not very trusting. She isn't. And I wanted to like, dive deeper into like her backstory you know why is she broken like that and she came from a military school and like how'd she get there is she like did she go to a military academy for college like let's get let's get her story in here um because i think she's fascinating i think and she's like a great addition to the series which you and i have both wanted from season one is to have another young teacher and I'd like to see her interact with the other young teachers because um, I know there's like Coop, like C- yeah, Coop. And, and she and CB are lightning. I love them together. They're lightning. In yeah, the 
They bounce off each other really well. I I think they do need to give us a little more of her backstory, also because otherwise she'll become a one note sort of. Her whole shtick will be the the overly anal teacher, and you know, look how much depth they've given us with Glasgow and Meller. Mm-hmm. And I think so for much. her to become a legit character, they've got to give us a little, let's see about her family. Let maybe her parents show up. And so you find out what flusters her something, something like that. I agree. Um, speaking of the, it, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to be like, speaking of, of parents, I was obsessed with the Rudy storyline. <laughs> I love Rudy so much. I I don't know if I had told you I tell everyone this though because I'm really proud of it. But in kindergarten, my show and tell was bringing a VHS of Rudy to to show the class because I love that movie so much. That's amazing. we didn't watch it. We didn't watch it. But I just showed them the VHS and was like, "This is my favorite movie. It's about this scrawny little kid that walks on to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team," and I was just like so happy about it. How did you feel about Coach Fake Rudying Toby? Which I like that the name is like pretty close to Rudy. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, honestly, I was fine with it. If um, that happens, you see that happen. Like ESPN will show stuff like that where maybe a, a kid is a little slower than the rest, so and he's like the team manager, but maybe a senior year or senior game they put him in, and like the other team kind of, you know, lets him score type of thing. Um, I don't, I agree with coach that it's a confidence booster and whether it's false confidence or not, it's still confidence and that kid still had a great time, you know? Um, so, and I, what I really, really appreciated though, is like when they had him play, they didn't actually have him like, touch the ball because he would have actually he would have been murdered he that would have broken bones he would have broken his spine he would have been a paraplegic for sure and that was also a great scene because it was a nice twist and they had spent all this money show all this money all this time on his strategy and and his strategy and i think if he was just there to do some goofy play as like a favor it would have been lame because he didn't ask to have to go and and score a touchdown he asked to be on on the team on the team and be on the field and and, so, and yeah, i think he nice i think he twist. walked the walk and it made plausible. toby it made toby an even bigger hero i agree it made him a bigger hero and it's plausible and it wasn't like again using like this cheesy plot line where he scores a touchdown you're just like that's not believable there's no way in hell that kid would ever be able to touch a ball and move even a centimeter forward with it. Um, but it was a good play. <laughs> and you are you and were a student athlete. You know these things. I was, and I also played powder puff. And I know how football works. But I liked the play. I thought it was a good play, and it reminded me of this movie with um, actually Ed O'Neill and the guy from... Little Giants? Yeah, Little Giants. Little Giants. The annexation of Puerto Rico, which they kind of did. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about it. Was the I name. was hoping so bad that they were going to just toss that name out as one of his plays, 
as like a nod because Little Giants is a 90s movie, so I'm sure that that kid had watched it. Um, my, my best friend Josh, it's one of his favorite movies of all times. I love it so much. I watched it recently and it holds up. It's so good. Like having a girl play on a more, uh, on a men's team, like ahead of its time. Uh, but yeah, so the play was plausible. I, I think we've done that on like my flag football teams a lot. So all around, I was really happy with that plot line. Um, and that story, that storyline in general. Uh, and that, you know what the best part with CB just juggling, stress juggling the oh. entire episode was amazing. Great supporting, great Brett Dyer, great Brett Dyer supporting role. It, to me, CB, I think it really crystallized in that episode with the JTP. To me, CB now fully lives in the gold verse. Mm-hmm. And I give Brett Dyer a lot of credit I, from what you've told me. He has to come in and be like the second banana in other shows where he's like, yeah. and so for me, Brett Dyer, you are, cause he's doing that. He can be the, the, the focus of the show or he can do that utility, just move things along and be the contrast to coach Meller. It was beautiful. Yeah. Love I agree. It, loving Brett Dyer. Loving him, loving him this season. As long as we don't get pine after Laney. He's right. We got to stay away from that character. But to I Brett think... Dyer's credit, that's not his fault. That would be that's true. Uh, and but but he is delivering us some great some great CB stuff. And, and it's so he, '90s. That hair is so '90s. His his whole look is so '90s with the jeans and the, the tucking up of the button shirt like, with the tie. How long before he plays Ultimate Frisbee? Oh, you know he was captain of his ultimate frisbee team in college. You know it. Yes, a hundred percent. He also was a part of like the juggling team, and like just all these oddball things. And I love it so much. His like physical comedy is like so incredible. Um, my- far none is some of the funniest out there. So, do you know what my favorite exchange was? It was with him. It was the Patch Adams Notre Dame game film Sean Astin <laughs> exchange. You know what I'm talking about? Or it was yeah, early man. on in the episode when they were establishing like Rudy and Sean Astin versus Patch Adams. It was amazing. And like, of course, he would be Patch Adams with Robin Williams, the funny doctor. I, I, I also um, like because to me that's a great see. They're they're taking more risks with the deep '90s cuts because Patch Adams was not a hit movie. I mean, that's it's actually. It pretty... seems like it was. It like it's hard not. I mean, I understand that it probably wasn't like a box office success, but it's still a Robin Williams movie. But it's like a deep, deep cut Robin Williams movie. It, I mean, um, so it, I agree with you. It it is it, it is a deep cut. Um, it, it is a deep cut Robin Williams movie, but but it's it. It was one that came out in that period where he was doing lots of serious roles and lots of Oscar sort of bait kind of stuff. But the mo- mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh my God, Robin Williams is a clown doctor," and you know, rest in peace, one of the greatest of all time. But the movie really? was like almost like a fake Robin Williams movie. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, well, it was- when when did Jack come out? Because I I still remember that movie, and I think that's a deep cut too, where he like. Is a child whose physical body, like his body, 
grows at a rapid pace. I know? have not I have not seen that movie. But that that movie is around the same time as Father's Day, the one he did with with Billy I think it's Billy Crystal where they play two dads trying to who think that they're the father of some kid. House of D? No, it's Father's no. Day. Oh, Father's Day, sorry. But um but the but the movie yeah, Robin Williams and Billy Crystal with a very strange Mel Gibson cameo in the middle of the movie. But the deep cut later Robin Williams movie, but it's post nineties that I love is RV. Oh yes. I love that movie. That was funny. I love that. I watched that with my kids. That, that I love that movie. She's had so many great movies she's been in. Speaking of my kids, I have to go put them to bed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap up. Um, so yeah, I think solid episodes. So you've been kind of giving a winner each week. Who, which, which gold versus episode won this to, week for you? Shai? To, to me, that to me, this was Goldberg's. To me, to me, this was Goldberg's. To me, food and a Jeffy, Erica Lucian, uh, a classic bevy line about you know sort of a quintessential bevy Adam plot line with her talking mm-hmm. about latching him to the bosom, and and. <laughs> The masterful delivery of the word for cocktail, I deserve a, and then I deserve a pickle from Pops. And then I, I thought it was a, a good schooled episode, but that like whole Laney Wilma, like that, that, that whole character thing, it's like, it's, I've been chomping on it for like a week. I'm just like, <laughs> I just, but, 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 but without being negative, I just, I think, I think that that Goldberg's episode was, was super. And that's my, and we that's had my the, winner this the week. The Cheers cast on it. Oh, right. Cast. We didn't even like, see. That's how good that episode was. You had the cheers cast and I didn't even get to that part of the episode. We didn't get to that part. I mean, they were basically cameos on it. Um, a light lift on of, their part. A light lift. Light lift. Kirstie Alley had the main bulk of the, the lines where she stole Murray's sandwich and ate it in front of him like a savage. Uh, and then they all came over to Bev's house and Bevy was playing Ted Danson's character, Jack. Right? That's his name, Sam Jack? Malone. Sam Malone. Yeah, that's Sam. I don't know. Right. Never she's... seen it, though. They, they were... I don't know. Did you watch Cheers? No. So I've it's, never seen it. It's a show that I don't love, but I watched... I'm sure I saw almost every episode, if not every episode. And But, I, but it's like not one of my top 10 shows or my top 20 or my top 30 shows. But objectively speaking is one of the greatest uh sitcoms of all time like it's it's yeah. one of those quintessential great sitcoms that like when you talk about the development of the sitcom cheers is cheers is in there so even if it's not like one of my favorites you 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 know it's where it's there with you know you're all in the families and and you're you know um, right. but but when you're talking about quintessential sitcoms that define the genre you're talking about shows like that Cheers is one of those shows, and yeah. and uh, what 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 was cool about Cheers is it was all character. I can't tell you any plot of that show. I mean, there was maybe the occasional love plot that would extend over a couple episodes, and there were different romances and there were different schemes that had to do with the the rich guy who owned the bar. But you had like it was just characters and i love that they threaded the characters those characters 
even though they all had different names in the show for obvious reasons, they mm-hmm. played those characters. The whole the with George went looking in his beer for the missing food. It was awesome. I'm assuming that one of the guy that plays in all the Pixar movies, him having those random facts was oh, part of his character. That is the that is Cliff Clavin's that is exactly John Ratzenberg. His name of the character is Cliff Clavin. Oh, yep. That is exactly the 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 shtick, and of course Rhea Perlman being Rhea Perlman, she was always hilarious, sassy. And the the one who really wasn't well, so Kirstie Alley's character, she came in after Allie Long, right, or Shelley Long? I mean, Shelley Long, yeah. So so Shelley Long was the original character, and then they brought in Kirstie Alley, but like Kirstie Alley was still defining character on that show. Like she's not she's not a second. You know, yes, she came in second, but Woody Harrelson also came in second on that show and was a huge defining part of that show. Now, he came in because of a death, not because of a contract dispute. But um, uh, but uh, but so she's but she so the way her character would be is she was this uptight business lady. And then but she would get kind of desperate and crazy every once in a while, especially when, <laughs> and, and I felt like that was the Kirstie alley. We saw like that slightly crazier version. And I give her credit for, for going that route. And it was, and it is a big moment for Christy alley, because if any of you gold nerds are on Twitter, uh, she's a huge fan. I read, uh, we retweet her on the Golden Nerds Twitter all the time. She loves the Goldberg. She said it's her favorite show. Um, so that and she was so excited to get to work on the show. Um, so it's like kind of dreams come true for her. Uh, big Gold Goldberg's fan and honestly a member of the Golden Nerd Nation. So thank you, Chrissy Ali, for That's kind awesome. of I, look, living out your dream. If they need a Frenta or like a villain Frenta, throw her in once in a while. She's great. Yeah. She's a classic classic um but yeah i agree with you gold goldberg's won the won the evening for me um jeff oh man jeff can hold his own physical comedy the way he delivers lines sam sam lerner we're coming for you we're coming for you sam lerner we love you and uh yeah Uh, there's nothing else to say at this point you're just awesome he's so embodied jeff You've made that character your own, I feel like. And, like, he's just, you've really, like, grown with him. And I just, nothing but praise for, for how you're portraying him. Uh, yeah, cool. So, Shai, um, where can we find you? You can find me at Pancake and the number four table, Pancake Four Table, on Twitter and Instagram. And every week on the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Awesome. Where can people and find I'm, you? People can find me at PK Prime One Two on Instagram and Twitter. And this has been a Golden Nerds podcast. You can find all the latest Golden Nerds uh, info on Golden Nerds on on Twitter, the Golden Nerds on Instagram, or the Golden Nerds dot com. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you in a week, guys. Another episode coming at you from. Schooled in Goldberg. JTP out. I deserve a pickle. <laughs> okay. <bye. laughs> I'm going to say that every week. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> All right, dude. Have a great week. Bye. I'll get you bye. later. Yep. Bye. Bye bye.